throughout various losses, not just my mom, but my aunt was killed suddenly. I had a five-month-old who died from a horrific accident, and then my husband. And throughout that process, I could not find resources that were effective, that just didn't look at what I was going through, but looked at all of me. Welcome to an episode of the Interesting People podcast. Today, I'm joined by Denise Rollins, the executive director of the Whole Heart Grief and Life Resource Center. How's it going, Denise? It's going good. Happy to be here. We ran into each other a little while ago, and I love the idea of your organization. You focus on grief, right? Yes. And I think when people hear the word grief, they immediately think about grief as a result of death. And although that's a big part of grief, they don't always know that we grieve from a million other things. The loss of a relationship, a relationship that never existed. The loss of a job, sometimes a loss of a dream. The Life Resource Center, that's something that kind of sticks out to me. I think in certain cases, people don't realize they already have lifelines that they're not utilizing. Is that something you guys work with? That's so true. And I think that people know eventually that they're grieving, but they don't know how to live and not live effectively in a healthy way. So our goal is not just to give them a place to come, but also give them resources and tools so that they can recover for the rest of their lives. When did you decide you wanted to start the Whole Hearts organization? What led to that? What's the process been like creating it? I probably had a conscious and an unconscious decision about starting it. The unconscious decision came in 95 when at 29, my mother was killed by a drunk driver. She was only 49 years old. And what I found was nobody around me knew what to say or what to do. And I was quickly somersaulting into a place that I could not make my way out of. I'm a learner by nature, so I just started looking around and putting my hands on everything I could to help me to figure out where do I go from here. Sometimes I tell people I died that day, at least the person that I was died that day, and what was reborn is this person that is dealing with you today who sees life through the lens of loss and realizes that a lot of us are and wants to help people to the best of my ability. The Whole Heart Center then came into fruition probably about five years ago when I met my husband. He's a funeral director and had this idea that I don't want to leave people after the funeral because after they take care of the business of grief, then there's the business of life. And a lot of them didn't know what to do or how to do it. And so when we came together, he was a widow. His wife died from cancer about six months after my husband died as a result of sickle cell complications. And we came together as two people who were grieving. It had been about two years for both of us. And we just began dreaming. And he wanted to take his business to a deeper level. And I wanted to help people to give them the support that I didn't get throughout various losses, not just my mom, but my aunt was killed suddenly by someone who was drag racing. I had a five-month-old who died from a horrific accident, and then my husband. And throughout that process, I could not find resources that were effective, that just didn't look at what I was going through, but looked at all of me, my spiritual health, my physical health, my financial health, my mental health. I told him I had this vision of building a grief center, and he said, I will build it with you. And that was the beginning of a beautiful partnership, both personally and professionally. That's incredible. You have a PhD. Was that before or after you decided to start this? Was that part of your journey? Well, it was in the midst of me starting this. I tell people the funny story is that my husband and I, we married on the six-month anniversary of our first date. And we married on a Friday night. On Saturday, I graduated from Hood with a master's in thanatology, which is the study of grief and death. 
And then on Monday morning, I started my PhD in marriage and family therapy. So literally, that was a pretty busy weekend for me. (laughs) And it was in the midst of that that I said, I want to start this grief center. As my husband and I talked about it, I said I wanted to call it whole heart because I felt like when people are grieving, it's like they have a whole H-O-L-E in their heart and they try to fill it with all the wrong things. Some people, it's alcohol and drugs. Other people, it's shopping. Some people, it's relationships and sex. But oftentimes, it's things that are very unhealthy for them. And my goal is to help them to really deal with that whole so that they become whole, W-H-O-L-E again. And that's where Whole Heart was born. I love the name. That's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Because I think a lot of cases, and the more I talk to people about grief or mental health, and a lot of people are really focused on symptoms and not the root cause. Mm -hmm. How difficult is it to try and get that aha moment for people? It's like, no, this is what the issue is. Or is it trying to help them realize that themselves? The whole thing is to get them to realize it themselves. And that's the reason why, even though I was being trained to be a therapist, I chose to be a coach. I love therapy. When my mother was killed, it saved my life. The whole point, though, is to diagnose and to find a prescription for that. And it just was not my gift. I chose to do coaching because I feel like it's standing alongside someone who is going through the worst in life and helping them by listening at a deep level. And so it's not very hard, I think, when you really just listen to someone because in the coaching process, the client also listens to themselves and they find the solution on their own. What I love also about this business is people come in because of this horrific event, oftentimes the death of someone. And what I find is, even though that's the presenting issue, oftentimes what's underneath the surface is really what's causing them pain. So when we get to the root of what's causing them that pain, that's when the breakthrough comes. When I got divorced, one of the things, it was coming home to an empty house. Yes. That was a thing that really stuck out. I think everyone has that one thing they didn't realize. Mm -hmm. It isn't just the event. It's like, oh, here's something that I wasn't used to that was just getting me every single day. Yes. And that's part of what we do with clients. We look at, we call it the conflict. So the conflict for you was you got divorced. And we look at that event and we say, what happened before your past that influences how you experience that? Could have been the way you grew up, your personality, things that you have been through in the past, because I believe that has an impact on what you're going through. But it's also what you're going through in your present. And if you're coming home every day and you're absolutely by yourself, that influences the way you go through that divorce. And that's the reason why many times if you talk to someone else and they went through a divorce, maybe they didn't go through it the way that you did because their past and their present circumstances are so different than yours. And that means finding the solution could be completely different. Yes, an individual and a unique solution for each person. You are also a master life coach, but there were dots in life. What does that stand for? So we call life living intentionally, fearlessly, and expectantly. Living, we use that as an action word because sometimes people are really passive about living and they let life pass them by. To be intentional means to do things on purpose. And so we help people to find that purpose in their lives. Fearlessly isn't always the absence of fear, but it's the courage to move forward anyway because fear oftentimes holds us back from living our lives to the degree that we are capable. And then expectantly. Oftentimes, my clients were looking for the worst, and so we help them to find the best and expect that. The changing of an attitude can be so important for that. Yes. I often find it's an inside game. 
everything on the outside of my life can change. But if the inside doesn't change, that I believe in me, that I realize the things that have been holding me back, that I address those factors that have hurt me all my life, if that doesn't change, my life really doesn't change. That's the reason why you can see people, actors and actresses and musicians who have all the money in the world, but no peace and joy because they never dealt with what was on the inside. And that's part of our mission to help people to live wholeheartedly. So you said it's three years now. Have you had any real surprises since you started it? I came into this thinking, I'm going to help people who are dealing with the death of someone. That first year, we helped everybody for free. So literally, it came out of my own pocket or the funeral home's pocket in many ways. And people started referring other people. And before I knew it, I was like, wait a minute, these people are not coming because of death. They are coming because of some other loss in life. So I think even though I knew grief was bigger than death, it was an aha because I didn't think that many people needed help with those other issues of life. When I started looking at the clients who came in, I saw a couple themes that surprised me. And one of them was who takes care of the person who takes care of everybody else. Because people were coming in, they said, I I can't be going through this. People depend on me. How can I be going through? And the truth is, that person is just as human as you and I and needed someone to listen and to wholeheartedly express love for them just by being present. I also found a surprise was the secrets in life, that oftentimes the secrets that we keep are killing us from the inside out. Mm. And I found that people needed a safe space to express that secret in a place that they weren't going to be judged or told what to do or how to do it, but someone just bearing witness to that. And so those were two of my surprises. And then the last surprise was that people began to say, this work that you're doing, can you teach me to do the same thing? That was never part of our mission to train other people to do this work, but that's exactly what we began. And so I stood back from what I was doing and said, what process am I using? And I created what's called this self-coaching model that helps people to help themselves. Because what I didn't want is for people to rely on me. And Mm. I became so important that that's the only thing that would help me help them. So I took them through this model that gave them their power back and their purpose back and also gave them a sense of where their path should be. And I started teaching people. It's so interesting because I just trained another class, and one of the people who trained was a hairstylist. And before people do the training, it's a two-day training, I always talk to them and say, why do you want to do this? And she said, because every day someone sits in my chair who's hurting for some reason, and I just want skills so that I can better respond to them and help them. And what was amazing is not only did she complete the training and feel like she could help her clients, but unexpectedly it helped her. And she said, yeah, she's like, I am a person who doesn't always tell and share what's going on with me. And she said, over these two days, I revealed things that even my best friend didn't know about me. And she said how cathartic it was. And I believe when we heal, we can help other people to heal. There's no better proof of anything where people go like, I want to do this too. I want to bring that out. Yes, yes. That'd feel incredible. So you guys do a lot of classes now too? We do. We train people who pay for the services that we provide. But then we use a portion of every person who pays for the training to train someone who can't afford to pay for our training. So I always call them our promising populations. And right now we've targeted three groups of folks. One is individuals who are on public assistance. The second is people who have come out of the foster care system. And the third is college students. And for each of them, we are trying to train them on our techniques so that it makes them more competitive in the job market, or they can use that to start their own businesses where they help people and facilitate conversations just like we do at the Whole Heart Center. 
If there's one thing that, like, when you're right out of college, emotional intelligence isn't anything that you learned the last four years of your life. So you being don't. able to better process. You don't. And I think back to my years when I was in college, and I was very broken. I didn't know it, but here I was, this child of divorce. I thought it didn't affect me. I didn't have great self-esteem. And so I was in college looking for someone to complete me, not realizing that I needed to be whole on my own. And I wish back then I had the tools and the information that I do now. So that's the reason why a lot of the coaches at our center are donating their time so that we can go back to college campuses and give back because we all see ourselves in the young people who are there. So is awareness like the big thing you're working on right now, trying yes. to let people know? Yes, to let people know that we exist because a lot of people are saying, I absolutely don't know. The product is tested. When we first trained people to be facilitators, it was mostly women and it was amazing. So then I was like, well, does this work with men? So we got a group of men and trained them. The men talked more than the women did. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, that works. And then I said, but what about young people? And so I had a group of 19-year-olds. And at the end of their training, they said everybody their age needed to complete the training. So we've already confirmed that it works. So now it's about letting people know what we do so that they can then take advantage of our services or refer people who need those services. So how'd you end up in Frederick? Are you local? Born and raised. Oh, fantastic. I love yes. Love it when we run into Frederick people here. Mm -hmm. And people can find you guys around downtown, right? Yes, right off of South Street. We're at the corner of South Street and Broadway. What's the best way for people to get in contact? The phone? best way is to email or to call us. Our email address is support at wholeheartcare.org. And they can call us at 866-393-5847. Because usually when we're in session with folks, we are not answering the phones, but we always get right back to you. And I also mm -hmm. want to give a little bit of a shout out since I've not a couple alums of the Impact Club on the podcast. How exciting was that? That was life-changing in the sense that, first of all, to be able to tell your story in just five minutes is a really difficult thing. <laughs> Number two, to win it. Oh, my goodness, I screamed yeah. <laughs> louder than most, probably, and I'm a pretty quiet person. And then third, just the people that were there that night. People came up and shared with me words of encouragement, telling me their stories. It was an amazing group of people. In fact, I talked to Eric Verdi, the founder, and said, my mission is to find more people because what a great idea for people to come together and plant seeds within their own community. And I can't wait to go back next time and tell them what we have done with the funds. I'm just so grateful to the Impact Club. We've had Eric on. We had Sherry. The incredible Sherry from Koifon yes. as well. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for telling me about your organization. I end every interview, exact same question. What has you excited? What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to the potential for the lives that we touch. And I always say for the, each individual person that we help, that person, when they grow and they change and they develop, it changes the whole family system, the whole community. So if each person that we help to find a whole heart, it changes a whole community. And I'm excited about the potential in that. I think we need that in our community. At least I do. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.